Well, I'm here at the Cranford First Aid Squad, and we're going to be talking a little bit about what the squad does, some of the volunteer activities that are involved with it, how it serves the community, as well as some of the needs of the squad, both in terms of volunteers and funding. And let's start off with the president of the squad. Tell me a little bit about what the Cranford First Aid Squad does, if you would, please. Yeah, so um, Bernie, the Cranford First Aid Squad, we're an all-volunteer organization. We cover 65% of the time in town, so that pretty much means when you call 911, from 6 p.m. to 5 a.m., and on the weekends, we're there to respond to any emergencies. Um, we are members between the years of 16 and 70, um, and we range from, obviously, people that go to school, people that want to go um, into med school, want to be PAs, and then you have people like myself who are into business. I'm in supply chain, but my love for helping people brings me to the Cranford First Aid Squad. The other programs we have here um, is the cadet program, which is students in high school that want to pursue medicine, but they don't know what that really entails. They get to ride here anywhere between four hours or more um, based on their parents' permission, and they get on the ambulance, and they get hands-on experience with what we do on a call. Um, and they also help us with vital, so it's not like they're just observing yeah, if you're not comfortable, you can just stand on the side, but mostly we like everyone to get involved here. So anyone that's not on the ambulance, we also have administrative duties that we fulfill. So um, someone that's doing our books, someone that's helping us fundraise, someone that's doing our PR. As we're all volunteers, we're constantly in need of members, not just people that want to go and get into medical field or um, just students, but we are also looking for people that are retired, just looking for something to do, or if you have really good experience in fundraising and developing small businesses, we really like to welcome you to volunteer with us and help us grow the squad. Talking about volunteers, let's talk with two of the volunteers. Kaylin, tell me why you got involved with the First Aid Squad. I joined when I was in a senior in high school, and I kind of just drove by a lot, and I knew that, like, and I didn't really know what they did. Um, I wasn't sure if they were paid or if they were just volunteers. And so I decided to just go online, and I looked them up, and I found an application, and I found that, like, I was able to apply when I was only 16, but I was 18 at the time. Um, so then I applied. I think it really helped me understand that this is, like, the career I wanted to pursue, and, like, the medical field was something that I really wanted to go forward with. Are you currently studying in school for a medical career? Uh, yes, I go to Montclair State University, and I'm a bio major uh, with a pre-med focus. So yeah, this really helps me in school, outside of school. It's a great experience. Daniel, how about you? What brought you to the squad? How long have you been involved with it? Uh, with the squad, I've been about six years. Basically started getting a little bored at work. I work in marketing now, but I used to be in medical field a long time ago uh, when I was very young. And after I reached out to the squad, um, I was able to um, volunteer with them. Uh, within a month, I was already part of the mentality and bringing back all the memories. So, and all my experience into, into the squad was very helpful at a time where I was trying to get my uh, grasp of how to make equivalence of uh, all my previous medical career uh, here in the United States because um, I graduated overseas in paramedics. 
So when I came here, I needed to understand everything, how to do it again and all that. And in, in less than six months, I became an EMT and further away, started helping in, in the offices as a captain for two years. And I was able to put uh, into play part of my previous experience plus the uh, professional experience that I have and um, help grow this organization. Now, this organization has been around for quite some time. Tell me a little bit about the history. How long has the Cranford First Aid Squad been serving Cranford? Do you know when it was first uh, created? It was 1953 that um, the the founding fathers of uh, the Cranford First Aid Squad, seeing a need for such services, came together and created the squad. You had mentioned that you're responsible for about 65% of the hours during a week that the first aid squad covers. Again, for someone who's not familiar, what's the difference between what you do and what the Cranford Fire Department offers as far as EMS coverage? There is no difference. It just means that if you call during the day, you get the fire department. They also run an EMS agency there. Um, But we're all free, so we don't charge your insurance and we don't get paid. So that's the difference. The quality of service is the same. One of the things, of course, that a volunteer organization needs is funding. It's not cheap to buy the ambulances, to maintain them, to provide all the supplies that are needed. Tell me a little bit about what some of the funding needs are for the first aid squad. Um, Well, we do numerous amounts of things to fund. We send out the fundraising letter, and we also go to the street fairs. We always try to make ourselves as visible as possible to let the mem- like the Cranford community know that like we're here and that we also need their help for us to help them. You talked about you're involved professionally with marketing, and we just touched on this a little bit in terms of the visibility of the squad. What are some of the ways that you let people know what the squad offers and some of the things that are available? Well, we have a very active um, website and Facebook page, which uh, allow us, through those channels, uh, inform our community in terms of what we're doing, uh, what are um, goals and, and all the approaches in terms of uh, classes and events that we cover. Uh, we try to inform as much as possible the community because uh, uh, definitely that's very necessary for us to be able to keep going and keep receiving the donations that they send us. We do not receive any money from the town. We do not receive any money from the government, federal government or uh, state government. And in a way, um, we are uh, very thankful of all the Cranford residents because they yearly have um, the Cranford First Aid Squad in their hearts and send their support all the time. And as we talked about, it's not just the financial support, but it's support in other ways. What are some of the other ways that people can participate in the squad if, let's say, they feel, well, I'm not really sure I want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to respond to calls or uh, the sight of blood makes me uncomfortable. What are some of the other ways that people can also be involved? We have a lot of people that help us. For example, we have people with companies in town that support us, like anything from electricians, uh, constructions, uh, part of the uh, uh, help with the um, plumbing, with the AC. Uh, we have a lot of um, of help from people who uh, bring their um, professionalism and their experience in order to get us into 
the accounting books, the part of the um, services that we need in order to function. Uh, most of them are volunteer too. Uh, we wanted to tap into the uh, community in order to get, uh, for example, um, grant writers and uh, fundraiser campaigners. So in a way, we always need these type of professionals. Getting volunteers is always a challenge. What are some of the challenges that you're finding when it comes to trying to recruit volunteers? And what are some of the ways that you're re overcoming those challenges of getting people involved? So, Bernie, when I first joined the squad, we were half the number that we are now. Um, the, the things that we've done is we've recruited at schools, we've recruited at colleges, and we recruit all the time. So each one of us were um, tasked to recruit someone that we know to help the squad grow. I feel like we're, we're at a good point where we're fully staffed and we can do not just a single crew, but we can do two crews. Um, what Daniel was mentioning earlier is we do lack people from like an administrative side. So we do need expertise in fundraising and grant writing because eventually we'll want to um, have our operations finances so stable that we can look five years down the line and say, okay, we have enough in the bank to continue operations. Anyone who's lived in Cranford for any length of time, certainly since Irene came through town and knows where the squad is located adjacent to the Rawway River, is familiar with the challenges that you had when that river came flooding through this building that we're talking in right now. What were some of the things that were necessary to do following Irene? Following Irene, um, some of the things that we made sure we had were members because it's always important to have enough members to continue our operations, but we um, also are making sure that in the event that something like Irene happens again, we have a backup so that we can continue serving the community. For someone who's listening to this that wants to either make a contribution or wants to explore the possibility of volunteering, tell me how they might best go about that. Um, so they can visit our website. It's cranfordfirstaid.org. Um, or they can, if they have a Facebook, they can visit us on Facebook and we're again Cranford First Aid. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Thank you, Bernie.